We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Oh, yes. Anthony and I were just talking about the Constitution. You know, the left likes to say it's a living, breathing document. The Constitution can't be allowed to mean what it meant when it was written. You have to be able to update the meaning. And I don't get that argument because updating the meaning means you get to make it whatever you want. You get to update whatever you want. And they say, well, you can't expect us to be held by a document that was written 200 years ago. And I say, well, what, ab- what about free speech? Get stale because 200 years has gone by. What about the Third Amendment? Who knows the Third Amendment? No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. That's pretty esoteric, but it was saying the government doesn't have a right to your home just because it needs it. They can't brutalize your right to ownership simply because it's their military and their power. The Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secured in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Does anybody want to get rid of that because too much time has gone by? Or does it become more clear just how critical these protections are as we deal with a new Democratic Party that is anti-democratic in its desires and its actions and makes it and, and, and makes the government more oppressive and more of an oppressor? Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. I love this headline. 
This is on Fox 61. What happens if you win the $810 million Mega Million jackpot? Really? We need a warning about that? We need a warning? Is $810 million worth $2, it says? That's a good question, given it costs $2 to buy a Mega Millions lottery ticket that could pay off an estimated $810 million prize, the nation's fourth largest jackpot after the game's next drawing Tuesday night. The um, One of the things I never get about the lottery is why do we care, seriously, to why do we want to in why do we want to buy a lottery a two dollar lottery ticket more when it's eight hundred and ten million dollars than when it's only three hundred million dollars? Oh no, I wouldn't want to win that one. <laughs> no, no, I'm waiting before I put down my two million. I'll take any of them. Any of them. Give me one. Let me win the million, then I can be a curmudgeon the rest of my life, saying, "Oh, did I get ripped off?" I only got $40,000 a year for the next 20 years or whatever it is. Well, if you do it that way, I'm just guessing at the number. I don't know how much it is. But it's it's the lottery, you know? And the more you win, the more um, the more your life gets ruined by the, <laughs> the victory. That's the funny part. People's lives, oh, man, they just get torn apart by all that money. These progressive Democrats, are you kidding me? Everybody's got to have an electric car. Got to have it. Got to have it. Save the world. Save the planet. And hug a tree. Can't do it. We're in the middle of a three, four-day heat wave. That's it. And Eversource says, oh, you got to knock down your usage. We can't handle this. We're going to have brownouts. What the heck is going to happen when everybody has a damn electric car? They can't handle a freaking three-day heat wave, and everybody's going to be plugging in their little, their little their whatever kind of cars they're going to have. These people are idiots, but you know, follow it through and think about it, you bunch of sheep. Ugh. No, it's, it's totally true. The climate change arguments are so inane. They are so poorly thought through, and they are so one-dimensional. I, it, it's really fascinating to me. I, I had an amazing experience. I don't really have time to develop it fully, but yesterday I took part in a national conversation. I hate that term. It sounds so uh, contrived, but it's for a good purpose. The idea is to get voters together to talk on a Zoom-like forum. But it's a very formatted conversation where, where you get taught certain premises and ideas and talking points. And this one was on climate change. And I did it so just to find out what people thought, to be able to talk with people in a long-form conversation. It was an hour-and-a-half forum I was in. And they did this. They did tons of these forums. And it was really interesting because I got walked through in a detailed way the arguments on climate change. And they're, they're so stupid, it's hard to believe. Let me walk you through uh, some of the things that stood out for me. Imagine, imagine what happens if we successfully start curbing our production of electricity and our consumption of electricity. What happens? Well, our GDP drops, right? People start earning less money, the country creates less economic activity. Who does that impact? 
besides us, besides the 330 million people here who would, you know, the country would go into a recession or a depression. Who else gets impacted by that? Even Even the other countries, which aren't paying any attention to the rules. So we obey the rules. Few other countries will. They'll pretend, but they'll cheat. How does this work out for us? It seems to me China goes into recession or depression along with us, and then you put the whole world's, you put the entire world's economy into a tailspin. If we were dumb enough to do what the Democrats want us to do. These arguments are so ludicrous. And the other thing that dawned on me while I was, while I was going through this conversation in the briefings, you know, we would talk for a few minutes and then we'd get briefed on other parameters. What dawned on me was there was just, it was impossible. And that nobody had thought about this for decades. They just keep repeating the same ludicrous talking points like there's moral value in them. And they're moronic. There's no moral value in them. They are a con, a cheap con, like all the policy stuff we hear from the government. 860-522-9842. That's how I feel about it. It became crystal clear. I've always felt this way. But going through this, this discussion last night with other voters around the country on, online, it became vivid. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, these climate change proposals. We would never be able to do it as a country. Forget about being able to integrate what we did with other countries. Nobody would follow along with the idea of their countries being put into recession by some bizarre agenda that nobody has Indicated will work. They don't even make arguments it'll work. Tom in Fairfield, hi. Hey, you know, I work on the waterfront, and i got to tell you, the climate stuff is so baloney because they won't do anything that is free first. <laughs> they won't but, do anything uh, what? That oh, the, oh, that's free first. Like what? What do you see that's free that could happen? Well, they could try and slow down the traffic a little, for one, and ease up roadblocks. You know, they do construction. Well, that's a good point. It's like hours of roadblocks for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh... That being said, you know, worldwide, you've got green plants are growing everywhere, pretty much, especially the ocean. People don't think of the ocean. All the algae grows, like where I am right now, sitting in a boat. And that decomposes on the bottom and becomes methane gas or carbon dioxide and something else. So how are you going to stop all the algae in the world's oceans from growing every time it suns out? You can't do it. Well, nobody's suggesting you have to stop Everything, no, but, but I'm saying what, uh, the, the amount we produce compared to what the Earth is doing all by itself is minuscule. If you really look at the size of the world, the sun shining down on the sea, every pond, every body of water, every second of the day, that sun is how algae is growing. It settles to the bottom and still and decomposes and becomes methane gas. Over you time. know what I, you know what I really like that you said, Tom, is is that we don't do the free things. Like if if we were serious about this emergency, why wouldn't we raise the driving age from whatever it is? What's the driving age? Seventeen now? Why wouldn't know, we? Why don't people just slow down in their in their cars? Slow down. I like your slow down idea. I'm expanding on it. Why wouldn't you say to the kids, you can't drive till you're 21, and that way everybody younger would have to carpool. 
Exactly. You know, like the good old days when you hitchhiked. I remember as a kid. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people don't don't act like they supposedly vote. They're buying the biggest vehicles they can buy, and they're driving them as fast as they can get away with. Yes, that is true. Everybody, isn't it interesting that over the last 20 years we have gone from sedans to SUVs, trucks with a car body on top of the truck chassis. Isn't that interesting, Tom? Thank you for the call, sir. 860-522-9842. We, the, the climate change policies put forth by the, claim, the party of climate change are ridiculous. They are an insult to our intelligence. One of the women on this forum I took part in last night, again, it was just a discussion, eight people, eight of us, talking about climate change, being led through what the issues are, what the arguments are. But you know what's interesting? There's only the Democrats' argument. There's only the argument made by the left that we've been hearing since Al Gore. Nothing is really different since an inconvenient truth. So one of the inconvenient truths is that, that these arguments don't make any sense. And we don't know if they have efficacy. First of all, we, we, for the sake of argument, I'm stipulating that we agree. In other words, I'm imagining that we agree with the idea that humans are causing the climate to change. And that the, there is something that we can do to reverse it by reversing our behavior. Now, that whole idea is very far-fetched. But if we stipulate to the idea that those two things are true, that there is climate change, man is part of it, three things, and, and that by reversing what we do, we could undo the damage, which doesn't necessarily follow. And then there's other things that drive holes through their arguments, but, uh, but there's only, the only side we've ever heard is the Democrats' talking points, and those talking points have not evolved. Electric cars, we need electric cars. Well, there's like 14,000 electric cars in the state of Connecticut, just for an example, and 1.6 million gas engine cars. Okay, let's say you can, you can increase that dramatically for uh, a long time. As, as people have pointed out, what happens to the power grid, which can't handle what we're, we already burden it with? And they're running around telling us to get rid of our cars. They're telling us to get rid of our gas-burning cars and buying electric for a grid that can't keep up with just the air conditioning. Steve, hi, you're on WTIC. Hey, Todd. Um, I don't know what grade it was in, but uh, we must have been pretty sophisticated back in those days uh, to understand the, the carbon cycle. And uh, there, was a, there was a phrase, the universe is always in a state of flux. Mm -hmm. Um I think that's still I think that's still true today. I, I haven't talked to a graduate today that I could argue with that might not believe that to be true. Um, weather has never been static. Uh, I remember as a little kid being told that uh, at some point there was an ice age going on here, and then there was dinosaurs on the planet, and and then the dinosaurs were wiped out from big weather changes, and geez. Must have been an awful lot of uh, little uh, campfires going on there to create all that uh, whatever uh, whatever gases were 
clogging up the atmosphere at that point by all the cavemen. There must have been an overpopulation of cavemen going on or something. But uh, the problem is, is uh, I think the populace on the planet right now are really backwards and don't have any clue as to what reality is. So the politicians, whoever, can say whatever they want, and uh, it goes right yeah, on down real easy. It slides right I, down I, like... I'm sorry, Steve. Thank you for the call. But I, I think we have to blame the politicians for that, not just individuals and say we're dumb because we've never been more sophisticated as a society. The trouble is the politicians lie to us. But worse, they set these agendas. We've been talking about climate change since Al Gore. How long goes that? I think the movie came out 20 years or 18 years ago, something like that. So for, for 18 or 20 years, all we've been hearing is the same nonsense. Really? There's no evolution in these arguments? with no better understanding? We still need battery-powered cars or the, the earth is going to end? And they tell us this in the summer that it, uh, we're having hot days and that means climate change is real? Come on. Dave in Bradford, hi. How are you, Todd? Uh, we are, our side is losing the messaging. I was listening. I'm ashamed. I listened to NPR over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're always wrong about everything they talk about. Uh, a guy who wrote a book about climate change used the term, get this, carbon criminals. Ah. Carbon criminals. If carbon criminals. Carbon, carbon criminals. And his point was we can't put us all in jail. We all eat the meat. We all ride in the cars. We shouldn't go to jail, but we should know better. But all right, so people- who, wait a sec. Who was that chick out in California riding her plane around the corner to go to the convenience store? Anthony, who was that? Who was that uh, famous? Oh, Kylie celebrity? Jenner, one of the Kardashians. Yeah, she she drove what was it, forty miles? Uh, she just went forty miles in her seven used over a ton of jet fuel. But I'm using a, a paper straw every every time I get a drink. It's ridiculous. How about her, Dave? Does she get locked up first? Uh, that was the whole point of the book. Is it just the fossil fuel executives, you know, the president of Exxon, does he go to jail as a carbon criminal? Or is it somebody who eats beef because of that cattle that was, well, you know what they do out in the field? Oh, the farting. Yes. We've got to outlaw that farting. So they're all carbon criminals. Who invents a word like that? Why does it stick? It's like the trannies that you are assigned the gender at birth. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's not obvious to everyone that looks. You are assigned a gender as if there was a, a dice. That when you're born, they roll a dice and it comes up heads, tails, and in between. And so, oh my goodness. Uh, Todd, I have one more point. The yes. price of lithium, the commodity price of lithium, yep. when I looked about a month ago, uh, had gone up 438% over, over the base year of 2019. Uh-huh. And the, the point of this story I was reading is we're not even running 10% production volumes of electric cars yet which mm-hmm. are going to need lots and lots of lithium, and the price has already gone up four and a half times over the Imagine. And so imagine when all the cars need the lithium. Won't uh, the it be supply, beautiful, Dave? They have not thought this problem out very well, have they, Todd? They don't have care, they? Dave. Imagine no, all the people sharing all the lithium. No? Doesn't work quite as well, I guess. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Yeah, so I took part in this national conversation last night, an hour and a half talking climate change and, and being walked through the arguments on both sides. But the both sides of the argument is all the Democrats' arguments for climate change and then kind of obvious arguments about why they're stupid but not alternative arguments yeah nothing thoughtful only surface level well the same ones we've been hearing the whole time like really is there nothing new and and there was no mention really of no rick don't go call back i'm coming to you i'm just resetting um there was no discussion about Carbon recapture, is that what they call it? Like, why can't we do that? Why can't we grab the carbon out of the sky if this thing is real, if it turns out to be real, that we're doing something bad? Why can't we just have big vacuum cleaners to vacuum the carbon? I assume that's the only way we're ever going to solve this, and that everything else the Democrats are throwing out there is just a way to steal more of our money and to make government bigger. That's what I believe is going on. 8605229842 that's i think this whole thing is a hustle and everything the government is doing is a hustle on any subject lincoln hi hey todd how you doing what's up hey uh you asked me last time i talked with you if lincoln was my real name and i it is but i got to tell you how i got it my brother asked me if i told you how i got it i'm born on lincoln's birthday uh-huh so it was originally, my middle name was not going to be Lincoln, but because my father found out it was Lincoln's birthday, he went back to the town hall and changed it to Lincoln. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So cool. so when they moved the holiday, did you change your name? Did I change what? 
did they change your name to something else when the holiday got moved? <laughs> yeah, President's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on? It's a steam bath out here. I'm going headed to my my kids and my grandkids first to go swimming at their pool at their. Oh, that's that's great. Good. Yeah. All right. So well, tell us about tell us your thoughts on the climate thing. Well, we got to dodge the storms that are coming, right? They could be <laughs> they could be severe. <laughs> <laughs> all right he's losing it this is what happens with heat stroke i think this is a symptom of heat or either that or too much listening to the radio too much humidity the humidity today is wicked isn't it oh it's like pea soup right now yeah it's so unreal it's, yeah it's supposed to break tonight after the front goes through but then it's coming right back well you know what this is a lot better than uh 10 below zero i think I gotta tell you, back in 1991, uh, we had at least four days in the summer of 91 where the temperature was over 100 degrees, and in 2001 we had a few days that were over 100 also. So I don't understand why they're making a big stink about all this stuff. Because the the media operates in an environment where they want to create outrage and fear all the time, because that's where they that's where they get paid for. And the Democrats feed it to them, and they have a nice little partnership going. It's it's a a sad thing. All right, Lincoln. Anything else? Hey, uh, yeah, the uh, monkeypox. Did you ever hear of the donkeypox? It's the uh, the donkeypox is um the disease that's destroying America. Donkeypox. It's got the picture of the uh, Democratic donkey with the American flag. And below it, it says the disease destroying America. What do you think? Of I've that? seen that little meme on Twitter. Thank you, Lincoln. Let's call him Cadillac from now on, huh? Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Oh, yeah. Monday afternoon. Bob Stefanowski is here running for governor. Have you heard his name at all? Maybe seen his ads on TV or the attack ads against him. It's rough and tumble out there, Robert. What have you started? <laughs> it is, I'll tell you, though, for an incumbent governor with who's supposedly the uh, top-ranked governor, Democratic governor in the nation, uh, with very high approval ratings to be spending five million dollars in the second quarter of the year shows that he's seeing the same polling that we are todd which is that this is a very close race five so speak louder million than polls, i can tell you that he spent five million dollars in the second quarter yeah he put five million of his own money in that the democratic governor association which didn't come into the connecticut gubernatorial race last time has come in um, they're spending a couple hundred thousand dollars a week to attack me, so they are clearly worried because if, if, if you weren't, you wouldn't be spending that kind of money right now. It's an incredible situation, but I guess that means you've touched a nerve, which is a good thing. They're a little nervous about the intensity, I think, with which you're campaigning. Well, it's that, and, and the issues, very few issues really go the, the, the Democrats' way. In fact, I would argue none, and I've started to use the Ronald Reagan phrase, which is, are you better off than you were four years ago? And no, it's a good question. List, and uh, it's, it's remarkable. Well, I don't think uh, anyone will give you time to go through a list. 
if you well, say, are you better off today than you were four years ago, everybody's going to scream immediately. Well, Don't I mean, be ridiculous. You know, just quickly, are, are less cars being stalled? No. Are, are you, do you feel safer? No. Um, do you feel more empowered over, over how you bring up your kids? No. Um, is there less violent crime? No. I mean, you could go on. Not, Wait a sec. You on. didn't mention inflation or the economy. Well, inflation. Is it cheaper to buy things? No. Is it easier to do a, uh, set up a small business? No. Um, and we're going to roll out. We've actually got a press conference uh, tomorrow. We're going to roll out some real reforms. Uh, you saw Governor Lamont today. His grand, uh, his grand solution is to allow small business to take on more debt. I mean, it's laughable. Um, At know, the we, same time that he wants wants to make them pay that big nut on the on the uh, the workers' comp insurance. Well, yeah, we've got a four hundred fifty million dollar loan that that business took out during COVID to make sure that people had their unemployment payments. Um, it started at a billion. Small businesses paid back most of it, but we're sitting on a three and a half billion dollar budget surplus that was. A lot of that was money directed for COVID. What better use of that money than to pay off this small business loan? Take take the pressure off a of small business. They don't have the money to be paying this back over the next two to three years. We've got a surplus up in Hartford. We should be paying that off immediately. If, um, if Ned is the most popular Democratic governor in the country, can you imagine how horrible the others must be? <laughs> it is hard to believe. I mean... I don't really care because the numbers are relevant, but I got to tell you, I was surprised when I saw it. You know, it shows you how laughable these things are. There's always ratings being passed around. You know, it's a scheme that gets used to uh, to generate clicks, and because everything is controlled by clicks, so everybody loves lists, and they generate lists of all kinds of things. But they're they're also ludicrous. Well, I'll tell you, I tell my team, don't. If a poll comes out by Sacred Heart University, whoever tomorrow saying Bob is up seven points, don't believe it. If one comes out tomorrow saying that we're down 10 points, don't believe it. Our polling shows that this race right now is within the margin of error. And to be at that point, this time in the cycle in 2018, we were down by 15 points to Ned Lamont. We clawed our way back. We lost, mm -hmm. I get it, but we clawed our way back to two points. To be sitting here in July in a statistical tie with the most arguable... <laughs> with what the polls would tell you is the most popular Democratic governor in the country. I mean, I am very happy with where we're sitting, but we've got to stay aggressive. We've got to roll out policy, and, and we've got we to gotta show the contrast between what we're going to do as governor and what Governor Lamont has done over the last four years. And if we can do that, we win. So tell us what the campaigning is like, the nuts and bolts of what you're doing every day. Do you, uh, are you out on the street doing events? How does it work? Yeah, I generally do three to four events um, a day. I do have to spend some time fundraising. Governor Lamont doesn't have to do that because he's, he's independently wealthy. But um, what I try to do is get out to as many events as we can. Yesterday we had a uh, meet and greet um, in Trumbull Gardens in Bridgeport. And, and, and that's a place that Republicans never go. So we had a barbecue. We set up a tent. Amy was there. And as people walked by, you know, they just came in. They had a soda. They had something to eat or they just came in to talk. And, and just talking directly to people, particularly in places like like Bridgeport or the cities where they just never see Republicans. So they're like, oh, there is another alternative out there because they don't like what's going on with Governor Lamont. They, they see him once every four years and then things break down. And then they see him when he wants to be elected again. 
And, and, and he's created a sense of dependency in cities. You don't want to be dependent on assistance payments. People want jobs, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to create jobs and let people manage their own lives and not be dependent on the government. I, I think the Democrats have done it on purpose in Connecticut. They want people to be dependent on them for unemployment checks and things of that nature so that they, get the, so that they know they get voted back into office. And, and that's not the right way to, to govern the state. So I'm just trying to imagine this. It's 95 degrees, blazing sunshine yesterday in Bridgeport. You set up a tent and you put a barbecue inside of it to warm it up a little bit, and people come in and you think you're going to convince them to vote for you? <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty hot, but uh, we probably had I don't know. Well, we had food for 50, and we ran out of it, so people were coming in and coming out all day. But some really good discussions. A lot of kids were coming by for a water. And, it just makes you realize, you know, part of politics, Todd, it's a brutal game. And, and, and you start to get, you start to believe that the press and all of these insider things are reality. And you know what? They're not. What's reality is sitting on a porch in Trumbull Gardens on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, you know, um, eating some, you know, whatever we were having, beans and pork and everything else and, and talking to people. That's what makes it worthwhile. And you realize that people are struggling and they're not asking for a lot, Todd. They're asking for a decent wage, you know, ability to support their kids, um, have a nice family. They're not asking for a lot of things special. And, 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 and that's really what drives you. When you see Governor Lamont telling everybody that everything's fine when he knows damn well that it's not and that it's his fault that it's not, it's time for a change. And, and, and we're going to make that change. No, people are struggling. I mean, just going to the grocery store is a, is a struggle. It's it's tragic the what people are facing just trying to pay the bills that they had trouble paying before. And it's fixable. You know, we, the latest estimate is it's a $6 billion surplus. So so on one hand, Governor, there was an interesting article over the weekend where, where Governor Lamont said, well, everything's fine. You know, I love where Connecticut is positioned. Well, if you do, why not? Why don't you give some of that money back? Cut the sales tax, pay off the unemployment insurance loan, do something to help people get through this tough time. So when you raise that, then he says, oh, yeah, but there's a recession coming. Well, well, you can't have it both ways. Yes. <laughs> you got to help yeah. the economy, and you should give the money back, or there's a recession coming. But he's trying to straddle both lines because it's an election year. Not only that, the recession's already here. Like, we're sinking yeah. into it. Everybody feels it. They're feeling that pain. And it, it's really a bad position for a guy to be in, not that I want to give the governor tips, but for him to walk around saying everything's fine when everybody's miserable because they, they feel that they're running against the tide and they can't do it they can't it's just too much too much wind blowing blowing in their direction how do you beat it well and 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 you know i don't know whether governor lamont's a good guy or a bad guy but i can tell you he is absolutely out of touch with what people are thinking i can't tell you how many people i'd say hi i'm bob and oh you're bob stefanowski they're like what are you doing on 90 degree heat sitting on the stoop here and, and, you know, that's what you have to do to hear from people. And we have the money to do it. If we could bring the sales tax down a little bit, give people relief, if we could get rid of, at least for a while, the taxes on gas and give people some relief, if we could figure out a way, you know, to actually regulate the utility companies so their, their electricity bills weren't going through the roof, there's some real things we should be doing now to talk about how to get how to make it more affordable and what does governor lamont roll out today the ability for small business to take on more debt that's not an answer the answer is to get real relief back to people and use some of the money that he's sitting on up there 
Yeah, it's like when he when the diesel gas was shooting up and and the the price of diesel and and he was telling people it's the same as the home heating oil and he, he was saying to people if you if you can't afford to fill your tank we've got programs call the call the state like people don't want to be on programs the program is you go to work and you use that money to pay your bills not that you need charity from the state that is the perfect analogy right and instead of lowering the price and letting people be independent and giving him some of the money back, he sets up a program, which then they're dependent on that check coming from the state. It's actually, I hadn't thought of it. It's a perfect analogy, Todd, which is how this government mismanages. And you know why? Because you've become dependent on that, that payment from the state. Then the next time around, they'll come out and say, well, Republicans are going to take that payment away from you. It's not about not wanting people to be successful, particularly in the cities. It's how we do it. And I'm going to do it through creating jobs. And the Democrats want to do it by creating that sense of dependency and being able to control people and pick winners and losers and hand out the money when and when and how they want to. And it's not right. It is not. And we hope that you can get elected so you can make it right. We are going to get elected. I was just talking to my team today. It feels so different this time than 2018. The name recognition, the frustration of people, which is not a good thing, but people are really ready for a change. President Biden and how he's, you know, taking this country oh. down the wrong path. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, Todd, and we're going to be out there 24 hours, seven days a week. But it, I can just feel the difference from this time to last time. We're going to win this thing. That's awesome. All right, Bob Stefanowski, thank you, sir. Okay, have a good week, Todd. You too. We'll talk to you soon. Robert Stefanowski running for governor. Stephen Waterbury, hi. Hey, Steve. You were talking about something to pull the carbon out of the air? Yes, a vac some way to suck it right out of there, vacuum cleaner or something. Well, I think those carbon, uh, what they call them, carbon credits, is going to have a bigger sucking sound than what Ross Perot was talking about with the NAFTA free trade agreement. Well, I'm uh, with you on what, that. What really, really cleans the air is vegetation, trees, etc. You know, yes. we breathe out carbon dioxide, they take it in to make oxygen. But the uh, the point I was making is that they have all these crazy ideas that are just ridiculous for sure. for how we could mitigate the the amount of dependence that we have on carbon creating gases and and oils and stuff and and uh, it makes no sense and it's totally destructive. I don't I just don't understand how they can with a straight face make these arguments. No, exactly. It's all probably you know big money pushing forward all the, you know, the uh, people that lobby for this stuff and whatnot. We're just getting, you know, taken to the bank. That's all. There you go, Steve. The cleaners, I think they call it. Thank you, Steve. Mike in Plainville. Hey, Mike. I think it began about eight years ago, but I live in a town where there are cameras at every major intersection in this town. And in your town, too, I bet. If you look around, you'll see them. Now, this is what's coming. Photo what's enforcement. They're going to start giving out tickets. Automated tickets? These cameras aren't there just for nothing. I mean, no. they, they're not there for accidents to investigate. Because I So was the cameras have been there for years, and they haven't started using them to do automated ticketing yet. Is that what you're saying? In place. That, that's, going to, that's the next thing they're going to, they're going to, take, they're, they're going to institute. Yeah, but what have they been doing with the cameras all these years? They have done that in some states. Oh, yeah. 
Like New Jersey, I remember there was a case where uh, someone sued the state of New Jersey because they were looking at the easy pass time and how quickly you should do it uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, math and science and how quickly Forget you go about the speed that. limit. That would cause revolutions, I think. Well, yeah, right, and they can't do that anymore. No more ticketing like that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 